0: Set. Okay everybody,
1: slide on the set. Okay, Steam one, take ten, marker. From the studios of the Modern School of Film, welcome to Murmur. My name is Robert Malazzo, and over the next hour, together, we'll explore where culture meets craft. Today on Murmur, calm sprinting. Adam Gardner and Lauren Sullivan of Reverb are with me. Welcome.
2: with that face i don't know my memory ain't so great oh yeah maybe this will refresh your memory i don't know it's still kind of hazy how about this yeah i remember him i used to see him around why do you want to know i can't tell you that well maybe this will help i really don't think i should yeah you still don't think so all right his name is nordberg he's a cop he was no cop he was dealing h what i'm telling you he was dirty oh you snuffling scum i ought to run you in right now all right all right he worked at ludwig shipping tried to push something on one of my boys, I swear it. So what are you going to do about it, copper? Well, why should I tell you? Maybe this will help. I still don't think I should tell you. How about now? All right, I'm going down to Ludwig's office. I'll find out if you're telling the truth. My friends feel as they're appointed to they, they keep trying to tell
1: humankind is connected is a redundancy we are all connected always have been the internet didn't prove this connectivity people animals the land and the sky are all one entropy is an understatement and perhaps a bit of a misnomer now for the bad news about connectivity it comes at a cost depletion another spoiler alert nothing lasts forever people animals the things we love and, and touch and feel they go away We need really, really smart human beings (laughs) to not only check in on our use, but uh, pave a better way, maybe a sustainable way. So that use comes with some pushback, some really good antagonism. As far as smart humans go, I found two of them. (laughs) See, the key to the show, have two guests with you because you just sound smarter. (laughs) The arc and the art of today's guests' lives has been education, enlightenment, action, reaction, foresight, and doing things in groups. Oh, and a little songwriting along the way. Uh, their organization, Reverb, has a very modest goal, I find. They're dedicated to empowering millions of individuals to take action towards a better future for people and the planet. So who better to take action and brain power and some solar power in service of today's subject, use? Please welcome to Murmur into the Modern School of Film, coming to you straight from Maine to what I would call textbook slackers, uh, partners in life and in use, Lauren Sullivan and Adam Gardner. Hey, folks, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having us. Thanks.
1: Thank you both for doing this. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for, for connecting with us. It's been, it's been fun getting to know your podcast and... All of your
1: good work Well it's an honor chatting with you and and you know I know summer never ends when you're in your worlds <laughs> I was thinking about like we're in that season but you guys are always in that season you know um, so uh, it's really cool that you would take the time thank you so yeah, much
2: thank
1: you pleasure. you're not slackers you saw the you saw the irony in that right you saw the sarcasm in that
3: <laughs> but, I, but I
0: smiled nonetheless. <laughs> I, I, I like it.
3: <laughs> try to still have a, a relaxed, uh, you know, interior. Work-life balance. Internal, internal relaxation while while you're definitely working hard and make right. try to make things happen. Calm sprinting.
1: <laughs> I want to talk about use with you. Um, you know, when I think of that word, I don't think all nightmarish things. I think there are multiple sides of it. But when I say the word use or usage to you two. Uh, not you two, like Bond on the Edge, but the two of you, <laughs> um, just to clear that up. Where does your mind go when you hear the term and the word "use"? Well,
0: I think you know, in, in kind of you know, thinking, perseverating, um, meditating on the word. Two things came to mind, interestingly for me, and one is uh, best use, kind of that that concept of best use, and and how we interact with the world, and especially with regard to our, our work at Reverb and greening up musicians tours, you know, what does best use look like in terms of, you know, our collective voices and the community of music makers and music lovers and, um, and also, you know, the best use is one side of it. And then then the word not just use, but use. Um, So it it felt like uh, kind of a, a pithier way to say it and, and thinking about just how we're using things up as, as humans on this planet, sort of devouring our resources and, um, leaving this wake of um, kind of the, the, to the detriment of the planet behind us, and and so those those are two things that popped popped up for me. But you know, f- for us in, in our work at Reverb, it, it really is about um, kind of the best use of our of our voices and our collective power to create change on behalf of the environment and and the Earth and the sky and the sun and all of those things that that you just spoke so beautifully about.
3: Yeah, I'm mean, very similarly to Lauren's thoughts about it. I think more immediately as a musician myself, like, okay, how can I use the position I'm in um, to affect change as a musician that has fans that will actually pay attention to to some of our thoughts and our passions and our concerns, but also like, okay, how about all the stuff we are using and going through and how disposable our music industry really is. Um, And I'm not talking about the musicians. I'm talking about all the plastic waste and all the fuel and all the energy and everyone driving to and from a show that's maybe 40 miles out of the city center. Like there's so much overuse, uh, of materials and of energy and unfortunately a negative impact that the music industry has. Now the positive of that is that there's a huge reach and cultural influence that music has. Yeah. And, and you know, musicians and the music community has a really powerful platform and that's what reverb is all about. Like how do we use that platform to shift our culture to one of action, to actually coming together and tackling these huge issues that, you know, as an individual, it feels so overwhelming and and, uh, frankly, helpless and hopeless. But when you come together and go, wait a minute, but there are a million Dave Matthews band fans. And this summer we together, we have accomplished this. And you start seeing like, wait, I'm part of a larger community. And while there's a million Dave Matthews band fans, there's also, you know, 8 million, you know, reverb fans that are going to be engaged this summer. Um, so, like, there's there's a lot of bringing together the collective and uniting people together. That when all of a sudden those individual actions don't feel like anything when you multiply them times millions, they do add up. And more, and even more importantly, is that cultural shift where everyone's going, "Hey, we can't we can't just sit on our hands and do nothing," and a, you know and just complain about it.
1: Yeah, and I like how you're both parsing, which isn't really parsing, use and use. There's both sides to this, and we're not going to just bum everyone out because I, I, wanna, <laughs> I have a few other curve. <laughs> exactly. God damn, guys. I thought this was up, I'm up teasing. I'm, I'm like lumping myself in it because I think, you know, I like looking at the semiotics of words like this, and, and I'm glad you're doing this with me. Talk a little, let's drill down a little bit. Um, is there a difference in your mind between use and use? and waste. Because we are, we automatically think, oh, you're wasteful if you're using something, right? Can we recorrect the record there? Or is there is there value in putting them in a similar thought pattern?
0: And I always go to uh, the concept of a continuum. I think continuums are very uh, useful. <laughs> and I, I think that um, in, in my mind, it's not necessarily columns. It's not as siloed as that. Use to me feels very concrete and efficient. And I think of efficiencies a lot. So I think if you're using something like I think of a reusable container that you might put your rice in and your pantry, you know, like if you reuse that, there's an efficiency and a kind of utilitarian nature and an intelligence to that. That's really important. And then I think that, that, you know, waste is, is waste and wasteful and, and creating, um, you know, trash or something that should be recycled or, um, there's some sort of effluent there that's 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 not good for us or good for the planet.
1: Yeah, there's a byproduct. There's a, yeah. there's, a there's a byproduct we need to examine. But
3: so they're
0: intertwined,
3: right? Well, and it's like you're saying the efficiency between when you use something, there is going to be at the end of that use waste, right? Um, and hopefully, you know, hopefully there's a better system where it doesn't have to be that way. That's currently how most of the world works, right? But obviously, if when we get to a place where there is an actual fully loop of use happening where it, that, that waste product does become useful in mm-hmm. some other capacity or even in the very same capacity. That's, mm-hmm. that's where it's going to matter. You know? So like, I you do something, it's all about like, well, what's, what's the waste I'm creating? How much, how much use am I getting out of a single use water bottle, that plastic versus the waste that is left behind. Um, and obviously there's different ratios of how useful that waste, you know, the, that product is before it turns into waste. And hopefully we can get to a place where that ratio turns into zero waste.
1: And and as you're talking about the circularity of these things, I mean, that's, that's the graph I want to I want to stay with as we move through generations. You know how does that mm-hmm. let's call it waste or use become the start of something new, the fertilization for something new. We we do need to start a, a drinking game uh, every time we say use. I'll take a shot of my espresso. But um, I want <laughs> to we're speaking with uh, Lauren Su- Sullivan and Adam Gardner. I want to talk about use in different corridors. Not that these aren't rich corridors. What do you think we use? too much of and what do you think we use not enough of?
3: I mean the first thing that comes to mind and, and obviously I'm speaking from from the bias of the work we're in the middle of, we're knee deep in mm-hmm. <laughs> um, neck deep in honestly um, <laughs> is plastic, plastic, I mean there's too much use of plastic Yeah. Um, and we obviously it's a big, uh, it's a becoming a hot button issue which we're very happy about um, because we want more and more people uh, paying attention to this and obviously eventually legislating around it and and finding solutions and alternatives but yeah i think especially in our in the music industry you know anybody who's been to a concert and sticks around for the lights to come up at the end of the night you see you, you can't even help but walk through a, a you know ankle deep plastic waste um, so the disposable nature of of many materials but particularly plastic which has such an incredible staying power to the detriment of our oceans and and uh soil um is a is Yeah, that's the first thing that comes to mind for me.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Adam and I have used this kind of jargony phrase, spheres of influence. And, you know, we all need to take a look around us and look look at who we're connected to and where we have power in our lives, where we have a voice in in our worlds. And so I think that the idea of use um, or or lack of use or not enough use of our, our own personal power. Um, you know, some people really know how to um amplify it and use it and 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 put themselves out there to create change for the world, for the environment, or or any other issue. Or you know, we have we have we have children, so we you know, I think about that a lot. Like who are who are these children? Who are they going to be? Who is this next generation? And are they using their voices as um you know, as kind of the world is demanding them um to be used so i think that's that's part of the the thing that i think about in terms of a, a use of voice and power personal power
1: yeah and and again my theory is proving right more guests bigger brains I, sa- I sound I sound better. Um, I, but I, I want to split this up because I want to get into your educational and your meeting uh, history in the Wayback Machine a little bit here. Um, I was thinking of brain versus uh, bodies because we're in this now educationally, like outdoor education, using your brain and your bodies. What do you think of that split? Are we using enough of our brains (laughs) or too much? And are we using enough of our bodies or too much? Like, what is that mixture?
3: I definitely think about that chasm between the way people think and the way people act. And I think a a huge part of what Reverb, at least from my perspective, and we are kind of getting into the Wayback Machine a little bit, like what got me excited about starting Reverb with Lauren, from my perspective as a musician, was... I was talking to so many bands out there that felt and thought the same way as I did. Where like, boy, this is not at all how I live at home. Why is it the complete opposite out here on the road with all the waste out here? Um, but we weren't doing anything about it. (laughs) And, and there, you know, and there are some logistical reasons for that. There's inertia, there's lack of knowledge, all that stuff. And like, that was from my perspective, what I was excited about with reverb was to help cross that, to connect that, the dots between like what people wanted to do and what they are actually doing. You know, for example, tour bus companies resisted biodiesel in their vehicles for a long time. It was a big brick wall. But then when we were like, well, look, we'll, we'll help you and have, help you understand this. And like, here's, here's how, here's some artists that have owned their own buses and it's worked great. And here's, here are the suppliers. And like, and of course, with the influence of larger artists that we worked with, we were able to actually break down that wall and, and now it's like on the homepage of a lot of these tour bus companies' websites saying we we allow about you know, we use biodiesel on our tour bus.
1: Right, 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 right. Um, you you were biodegradable when biodegradable wasn't cool. I get you. Right. I, I feel you. I mean, how does it break out for you, Lauren? We are in this place where educators are taking kids outside, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think of the getting out of your head and getting in your head. Do you do you balance those scales or are you sort of just in the flow and, and you seem to get it down pretty damn well from a distance. I think you all do it really well, but how do you reconcile use of brain versus use of elbow grease and action?
0: I think that that's actually something I think about quite frequently because I think
1: what don't Lauren, what yeah. don't you think about a lot? I'm just curious. <laughs> actually
0: you, you, you hit upon the, uh, I, I perseverate. I'm a little neurotic. <laughs> I, I love that you. about you guys. I stay with I, you. I, no,
1: you, you had me from perseverate. You really did.
0: <laughs> it's my, it's my favorite pastime. Um, so, You know, I do think about how, you know, cerebral and intellectual and in our heads we can all get. I know I'm speaking for myself mostly, but (laughs) I I also think that the moment you get outside and kind of like lay down on the earth or on like a warm rock in the sunshine and walk through the forest and all of those things, like things just pivot and they change and things become real. And I often think about the difference, like, you know, traveling you know, we were traveling in the Southwest and going to national parks and and you're kind of moving through and seeing all these beautiful things. But the moment you have an interaction with someone or with a, an animal or, or sitting near a tree or, or talking with an ornithologist that you just happen to bump into on the trail, it just pivots your entire experience, and understanding of something. So it's always for me, like, how do you pierce through that veil of um, kind of being stuck in your own head and body to like actually experiencing something? so that it becomes meaningful and unique and memorable. So I think about those things a lot. Um, And so I think with our work, I would say that we do not do the job that we want to be doing, you know, even as directors, co-directors of Reverb, and as parents and people in the world, like we both want to be outdoors more than we are and kind of in nature more, because we know that's just an incredibly grounding thing and also just reconnects us to the mission of what we're doing. Um, So I'd say we, you know, I don't think we're perfectly balanced on that front. No, but we know the power of it very, very keenly because I I think going on the way back machine, I did a master's in environmental education and lived outside for um, a year and a half doing that. And then Adam did a Knowles course in Wyoming where he was living outside for a month. And um, so we have these very kind of immersive experiences in our brains and in our bodies that, that keep us connected to that.
3: And it's interesting, Tufts had a pre-orientation, so before regular freshman orientation, they had a wilderness orientation, and that's actually where I met my bandmates and Guster, Ryan and Brian, um, just kind of by happenstance. You know, I don't think that's the reason why Guster is, um, you know, doing the environmental efforts it it is doing, um, per se, although I'm sure it didn't hurt that we all are connected to nature and, and enjoy being in the wilderness.
1: Kind of button hooked back to Reverb a little bit. Again, the incredible work you all continue to do. And I believe, is it 15 years now? It is, yeah. Congratulations. 15th
0: anniversary, thank you.
1: 15 years and a 20 year Guster anniversary. So you guys are, I don't know what you get people for those kind of weird uh, crooked number anniversaries, but I'll think of something. Um, (laughs) But but I I was thinking of you you all as Reverb looking at band's usage um, and how is that going 15 years in? Because I think 15 years is nothing. I, it may feel like 15,000 because of all the hard work you all do, but are you seeing the graph of usage work to the benefit of you all in the sense of, yeah, we bands are using less. These are easier conversations to have.
0: I, mean, I think one thing we always talk about jokingly, but it's, it's, it's true is that, you know, every nonprofit's dream is to go out of business because their mission isn't necessary anymore. Right. right. Uh-huh. So, you know, we are we are not at that point, kind of unfortunately. But um, I think the 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 arc, kind of the plot arc of, of what we've been doing, has shifted drastically because we started, you know, pre inconvenient truth, where what we were doing was crazy, um, and now it's it's common parlance. And this is kind of a just what it what it means to do business for many of these artists. And there are new folks coming in the door, and you know some really Incredible stats in terms of CO2 reduction and um, nonprofits that we've supported and and volunteer hours and all those sorts of fun things. Um, So, so I do think the landscape has changed drastically, and I and I feel like the artists are we're innovating as we can every single year with with new programs to reduce you know the inappropriate use or um, unnecessary use. So, you know, we're we're doing composting backstage. We're sourcing food from local farmers for catering, um, you know, decreasing plastic water bottle use. That's a huge thing that we've been doing the past um, handful of years that's been incredibly impactful. So you know, I think we're feeling positively, but there's always you know, so much work to be done.
1: Yeah. No. Do you guys keep a mental list of of groups that you use too much? And this isn't a bad kiss reference. <laughs> Is there a vigilance to groups that you feel? Hmm. And I'll get to that in in terms of film because I have a whole thing about film and that. But do you do you think do, do, do the back does the hair in the back of your head stand up when you see a band, you know, dropping a, a pewter egg from the sky <laughs> and thinking, "What the f, dude?" Uh, do you do you think of those things?
3: I. I- Yes, but honestly, more so. We when we look at artists and bands that we're interested in partnering with, I I, we see the positive way more than the negative. It's not like oh my god, it's horrible. We see like oh my gosh, these guys are selling out thirty thousand seeders, you know, across the country. That's such an opportunity, and and they care about the environment. Holy cow! How do we plug in and like really take advantage of that? And you know, back to use, like how do we use that platform to to help shift all those millions of people yeah. and to answer your, your question as far as like, do we feel 15 years in that we're, we're making progress? Yeah, it's been really, I mean, that's one of the things that we're really focusing on as our 15th anniversary. Like it's been really heartening actually, especially at a time where it, it's hard to feel good feelings about the world. Um, to see like when the fans come together and they're passionate about it and there's, and, you know, they have a common a musician or common genre of music that they're passionate about and, and their favorite bands are, are all coming together saying, yeah, we're, this is what we're doing tonight's show tonight's show is powered by wind power. We got here in biodiesel buses. We're, we're supporting local farms and local nonprofits and national campaigns plug into this whole thing. And we want you to, you know, to be a part of this and, and it's not, a, it's, a, it enhances the concert experience for fans and seeing how like people are actually excited to, to do this when you make it, positive and fun and part of a larger collective, I think really showing that power of the collective is huge. So like we actually, so Dave Matthews, to to keep talking about one artist, I don't, you know, we work with many, but um, we did just uh, do this 15 year report because Dave Matthews band has been with us from just about the very beginning. Uh, And it's incredible. And, And so one of the displays we have out on tour now is Just showing the fans what they've done, because if you can hold the mirror up and go, look what just Dave Matthews Band fans have accomplished over over these 15 years. Uh, The fans alone have have neutralized 21 million pounds of carbon dioxide. Wow. They've raised over two million dollars for environmental causes. They've taken over seven hundred and thirty thousand actions at the Eco Village at concerts for local and national campaigns. They've given twenty four thousand volunteer hours and supported over uh, a thousand nonprofit groups. Wow! And, evo- and have eliminated almost half a million single-use plastic water bottles. It shows through our rock and refill program, where we provide free drinking water in the eco village. We have, you know, double-filtered water stations, and uh, custom artwork Nalgene bottles, where fans can make a donation to have a bottle, have free water all night. And obviously, eliminate a bunch of single-use plastic waste at the show and beyond.
1: Now I feel like a fucking slacker. Thanks, Adam. Um, <laughs> show's over. Um, no, well, you know, that's amazing. This idea of calls to action, as we look at the mid-beat here a little bit. Um, talk about calls to action, because also there's a flip side. There is a trendiness in it that is only paper thin. Lauren, talk a little bit about calls to action it sounds like the efficacy is there for you. How do you define the call for action and what bad rap has a call to action taken?
3: Hmm.
0: I sort of think of that that another kind of catchphrase like the clarion call, like the 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 call that's being trumpeted from the mountaintops and and kind of beckoning everybody to to circle up and and gather together and and do something. And so, you know, for us around these issues, it's 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 about the planet, it's about the people who are defending and protecting the planet and um you know i think i think calls to action are sort of mandates they're like we it's it's a if we must do this or else you know it's going back to the lorax and dr seuss you know, <laughs> unless you know we, we need to plant that that one remaining seed and i think we're, we're really getting to that point so i think it is for me a call to action is something that's very visceral and and it is really that mandate and and one of the most important kind of um meaningful campaigns and calls to action that we have is around, um, we call it a Defending the Defenders campaign. It's about defending indigenous leaders who are protecting old growth forests, you know, in rainforest regions of the Amazon and in, in, you know, Guatemala. And we've traveled there with musicians to show them firsthand, you know, how these forests are being managed either well in the case of Guatemala or poorly in the case of Peru um, and, and what it means to have tone woods for instruments being ripped from these forests illegally with child labor and all these kind of horrific mechanisms, and um, you know, thinking about what can we do? These these indigenous leaders down in Peru are being murdered for standing up to illegal loggers. So. It's really about, um, you know, this, this call to action for us is reverb. We, we put it to the Guster fans, actually, and their fan base and the Dave Matthews Band fans and said, hey, we need you to, to use your voice to send a message to the president of Peru that, you know, that the trite but powerful phrase, the whole world is watching, um, and let them know that we are. And Adam's actually about to head down with about 5,000 letters to the president of Peru, and he's going to join up with some of these indigenous leaders that we've traveled with in the past in Lima in June and deliver these letters to, um, the president of Peru and the government, there, saying that we need you to have, um, you know, transparent and traceable and legal, um, woods that, that, and they're also protecting indigenous rights and the folks that are in those forests. And so anyway, so I think that's just one of those calls to action that feels really, critical and, and, and important. I think, and I think that's, that's what it's all about.
1: It's, it's interesting. Actually, I'm going to Peru next week, uh, but again, I feel like a slacker. I'm going with Henry Rollins to talk about the movies he loves. Thanks. <laughs> how, how do you, I mean, not to sound again, pejorative here, but you know, a lot of young people applying to college may get involved in something. Is it okay if, when you talk about calls to action, what if they don't, what if someone doesn't quite fully understand something, but does it anyway? hmm Part of me wants people to do it, but but do you want people to know about it and do it simultaneously?
0: Our our approach from the Reaver perspective and I think personally is always like just taking the step along the path, like getting on the path to sustainability or action or or whatever it is. Just just get on get on it. And then you'll find if you look around you, there are lots of other folks that are with you side by side in front of you and back of you, leading the way and that you can learn from and, and kind of glean information. Um, from and and I think that kind of journey is important. So it's not a oh God, I, I just don't I don't have enough information yet. I don't I don't know enough about this. Like if that was the mandate for, you know, taking action or, or putting your name behind a an issue that we would none of us would do anything. You know, you sort of have to have that gut gut feeling of, oh shit, something something is happening here and, and it feels wrong to me or this does feel important. Or I'm seeing that other people are feeling this is important. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and give this a try and learn and look around me and see who I can kind of link arms with. I think that's a big part of it. It's almost like, you know, the psychology of if you walk around and you smile, you actually start feeling better.
1: I got to try. I got to try that today. Sorry. Sorry,
3: Adam. <laughs> I was gonna say a large part of for me, I always feel that while education is important, if it doesn't lead to action, it, it's not doing its job. Yeah. And so and there are many portals to action. And I think and maybe I'm speaking more personally than anything, but I, I personally just I'd rather see action. And and we do this even in Reverb in the eco village. We we may know that there's a, there's a percentage of people that are are grabbing that reusable water bottle or signing up with a local nonprofit because we incentivize them to do so. Like, date you know, the, their favorite band drew, drew something on that water bottle. It's custom artwork that is a limited edition thing that they just want as a merch item. and they get free water and saves them some money. Those are all different motivations that maybe not be the same place that we're coming from, but at the end of the day, lead to real action. And if we can then tell them about, well, Hey, yes, we know we we got your attention because you can win ticket upgrades tonight, but this is what, why we're doing this. and This is why the band is having us out here on their tour. We're part, we're folded into their tour, just like any crew member handling all the greening backstage and setting up this front of house fan eco village, uh, to engage with all you fans. Like we're here because your favorite band tonight is, It wants us to be here and engage with you we are actually their messengers. Um, So when they, you know, I think if you have different motivations for taking action, I'm cool with that as long as those actions equal something that's real Mm -hmm. and measurable.
1: There's a bad expression as we get into our last couple of beats. Uh, There's a bad expression in L.A. uh, People don't get on a stopped train. But I actually think in your case, you started a train 15 years ago. And. The moving train does attract people. It doesn't work in Hollywood, but I actually think it works causally. But I do want, and on some melancholy, and then some real optimism. I promise you that. Um, the melancholy is, you know, maybe I'm getting old. That's a that's probably not debatable. But you know, when I go to a movie now, I want to locate th- this in film and talk more about music. Is your wheelhouse? You know, music and film. Spoiler alert: They're not just businesses; they're industries. And I want to lean on that word "industry" for a second. You know, when I go to a big film, which seems to be everywhere now. I am a. I'm thinking we gotta spend three hundred million a better way. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I maybe I'm just not cool and fun anymore. That's probably not debatable. But, but then I look at the credits and I'm thinking we're employing all these people. That's a good thing too. Look, you know, talk me off this ledge or keep me on it. Where do you draw the line between big? ambitious works of art and use you know talking about festivals not just talking about a a show or a tour but a movie that cost 300 gazillion do we need to see avatar couldn't we have repurposed that Um, and I'm not trying to sound you know caustic here I'm just saying does it ever get to you the girth of use in art corridors. Mm-hmm. We can't do the Avengers part 12 at 10 million, but do we have to spend 42 million on craft service? I could use that money to do these causal based things. Am I overthinking this to hell? Or do you think there's something in here about usage of big art endeavor? I
3: think in the, to draw a, you know, a parallel from movies to music with festivals as they become more and more competitive, you know, past 10 years we've seen such a geometric increase in the festival scene in in the united states um you know where it used to just be a few big ones now they're all competing so there's a bit of an arms race on as far as production when when it comes to production that has we're talking about use again like that has that has in- impacts negatively on the environment same thing goes with big tours right they need big shows we need to have this giant you know Egg. it's a pewter we need, bring, we need a pewter egg by the way we need, a pewter egg. we need to bring in we need to bring in the the Scandinavian bridge builders to do this because regular <laughs> you know regular Union guys you know that do the stage sets aren't aren't gonna this isn't big enough this is too big for them so yeah that's a that's a it, it, there's definitely egregious examples of that and so I'm not gonna necessarily talk you off the ledge with with that because I agree there's definitely better use of all those resources
0: you know I, I hear all of that without a doubt some of those funds could be repurposed in different ways to help people in need or help environmental organizations or or the like but i also feel like you know part of me just gets very defensive about the arts period and just feeling like why on god's green earth would we even if it's a spectacle even if it's a giant tour take money away from the arts if that's if that's our choice it's like aren't there so many other places to to look at you know, where are those dollars coming from? What kind of nefarious things are, are happening in other spaces? And, and if art is the mechanism through which we can come together and have this incredibly sublime feeling or, or epiphany or whatever it is when you're listening to a song or seeing a, a scene in a movie that, that moves you in a way that nothing else has, like, I, you know, part of me is incredibly hesitant to say, oh, yeah, let's take, anyway, take away any arts funding
1: I agree. No, I, 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 I hear you both, and and I, and I agree. I, I just, I guess, I feel I get the QTs, you know, because then we get into the definition of art. We truly right. do, and and that's our next talk for another day. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll save us. Um, I'll save the rest of my tequila that I've been doing with this use shot game. But you know, then we get into this other thing: is Avengers Part Twelve? You know, art. But right. I was thinking about the Fry Festival. Um, you know, part of me thought, yeah, I hate the fact that these people got screwed, but. You know, caveat emptor... And it's not just about quality; it's about use, use of money, use of time. Film is doing it. You know, uh, 2013, which seems actually, I can't tell if it's a long time ago, but Jason Bateman directed the first ever solar pow- powered film. I don't know if you knew that. He directed yeah. a film, Bad Words, that was all solar power. Uh, yeah. The The Matrix actually took the the building materials. This is 1999, The Matrix. The Matrix took their building uh, materials and, and sent them to underprivileged, underserved communities in Mexico to help build. Uh, uh, living environments. So companies are jumping on on this. UCLA, Harvard, they're doing real studies about the movie industry. Should the consumer think about use in the sense of use of money to support a certain thing? Because we do vote with our dollar, right? One
3: hundred percent. And that that is a a part of what we do with our fan engagements at shows. Um, is you know we try to when we can we'll work with. Uh, brands and 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 companies that actually are good examples of you know here here positive alternatives we're all consumers here obviously we want to consume less in general but there are certain things you know like toilet paper for example that we're all going to use so let's let's use something that's made from paper not from virgin trees you know let's have recycled content for example I And mean, that's not the sexiest example because you know you're at a concert we probably wouldn't necessarily talk about toilet paper but if we talk about organic food or we talk about buying local or we talk about certain companies that are leading the way as opposed to still holding on to, to some old models towards more sustainable practices and products, then as consumers, we want to help guide people's choices with voting with their dollars
1: 100%. Speaking with Lawrence Sullivan and Adam Gardner generously because obviously they do nothing with their day uh, so this was an easy get. Um, what about the, one? two questions one, uh, not to sound so on the nose but what about the kids? You know, I was thinking about a friend of mine that had a baby and she said yeah, I'm not giving her sugar and talked a little bit about the raising habits and I wasn't thinking those are good or bad. You know, I was thinking, oh that's different than when I was a kid. So generationally we look at use different in kids. And kids, and I mean this agnostic, Agnostically are gluttonous. They don't know how not to be. They serve primary needs. How have the kids, right? You know, been with this idea of use and non-use and and obviously they also have reflections. They see kids in their school and maybe doing things differently. How have the kids been a part of this ride for you all? They're still young, but how have they been in this usage and reusage and smart usage cycle? Oh
0: man. Yeah. I, I think we were we were so blasted by the amount of waste that was created by having a child and and generous presents that are given and the the gear that you need or maybe don't need but yeah we I remember being overwhelmed by how much you know stuff we had in our house in our apartment we had our first child and it was just
3: and that's not even from the kid that's just the culture of yeah uh, some of it is but you know but a lot of it, like you're talking about gifts and stuff, oh, and that's just people surrounding the, the fact that there's a new family and all this stuff comes your way.
1: Absolutely. I don't mean to be a Grinch, but I part of me, when I buy those gifts, I'm like, do we really, can we, can we re-prescribe this situation? <laughs> totally. Can we do something new here? Honestly, can we donate to a llama factory or not a factory, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um how are the kids, Adam, how are the, you know, what is, what is that balance for you? Do you ever feel you have to kind of lean against something that you think because you understand their vantage point in terms of use or acceptance of what's traditional? or?
3: I mean, honestly, for me, it, it's it's a little bit different than the picture you painted where it's like, oh, well, they, they don't know any, they're not conscious of this stuff. They just are need based. I mean, as the kids are, you know, our kids are, are quite young still, but they're, you know, our daughter just turned 11 and our son's eight. And uh, so they're they're little thinkers now. I see where
1: they I see where they get it from, guys. But anyway, go on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and they they get it. Like I think they get it way more than their grandparents might, you know, as far as what we're doing even systemically like they get they get the big picture like why mm-hmm. is this happening awesome
0: and, and interestingly for for our kids birthdays just because we were like total ogre parents <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have now said you know once you turn 10 you will you don't get any presents for your birthday so we sent out a hey we're getting together for our daughter's birthday no gifts please just send your kid with five bucks if you choose and she'll donate it to a charity of her choice. So that's, that's what we do now. We're like Marie condoing her house. We can't stand it. We can't stand the junk. We're just like clearing the desk like Molly. Was it Molly Shannon and the Seinfeld episode? Right.
1: The one that um, doesn't move her arms when she walks, yes. We'll
3: give them a couple meaningful gifts. So we'll get, get some meaningful gifts.
0: We'll give gifts, them a couple
3: but. meaningful gifts. We're not, we're not depriving them completely. But the idea of we're like throwing it. the birthday party and having all these oh. you know random gifts from the, from their classmates and stuff, That's that's where we kind of... Yeah, drew the line. Said, "Well, look, there
0: needs to be
1: another way. Every input needs an output. This stuff goes somewhere." I think about this. I could see you guys living in a tiny house any day now. Definitely. As we, <laughs> as we move to our, just really last question, because this is a more of a kind of metaphysical one. Just bear with me for a second on use on a different topic. When I teach young filmmakers, they get terrified to ask people to do things for free. I don't want to ask people to do things for free. I feel like I'm using them. It's a mixture of humility and kind of how we ask people for things. I know that's a strange way to wrap this around, but I think about this a lot. I tell them Look, the hardest thing in life for people is to ask people for things, whether it's help or a nickel that you just dropped down the drain or help on a project. Talk about your missive in terms of each other, not even you, Lauren and Adam, but other people, asking other people to get involved. Do you ever feel at odds with asking things of people because you may feel you're misusing this human contract we all have?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It depends on which people. Right. So I, I, and again, it's I think it's easier when there's a, a selfless cause that you're asking people to be a part of that's for everyone and isn't a personal like, hey, I, I need to get rich or whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not, this isn't, hey, I'm starting a business. Will you invest in my company? This is this is more like, hey, we're trying to fix a problem that's going to only get worse and we need your help. Um, I think it's it's a it's a lot easier to ask when you're coming from that context. That said, we're very aware of how much we're asking of our artist partners because they're asked to do things a million times a day, and we and it's a, always a very challenging balance, and we're trying to still honestly find it. But I, we generally err on that exactly what you described on the side of like let's not ask too much, let's just feel it out and go slowly. Let let's ease into it let let it be an easy lift i mean a lot of the selling points initially to artist partners is we'll handle everything you you know you can be as involved or uninvolved as you'd like because as long as we're on your tour and and we can you can put your name behind this we'll take care of it if you have very specific things you want to see done and you want to get in the weeds with us happy to do that but as long as you're behind this and 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 support it
1: We'll start there, and you know. Well, and- well, let me just drill drill down. Pardon me, Adam. I just want to drill down on one thing you said because I started this by saying use and depletion have a kind of polarity. If we use something, now not not in all instances, but there's a depletion, and it could be a depletion of of bad as well. But do you think human relationships can be depleted through use? through use or, or overuse. Do you feel there's a like an egg timer that is in the back of your head when you're asking people to do things that is based on how much use is too much use humanistically?
3: Well, I'm going to take your small note and try to expand it a little bit too, is that I think the answer to your question is on the small side and on the big side is is emotions. And so if, 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 we're, if we're dealing with somebody like Jack Johnson, who clearly is incredibly passionate about his environmental efforts and work and wants it, us to do as much as possible. Then we know that the, you know, the range of asks and the range of ideas that we can throw their way is, is pretty deep, if, if not bottomless. Um, and with other relationships that might be newer or, or that they're just starting along this continuum, to put in Lauren's words, of sustainability where they may, they're just entering the path and they haven't been on it for years, um, or just dipping a toe and not, don't want to take the, the, the swan dive in right away, um, then we have to measure those asks. And, and, and I think all of those things are really important. I, I don't think, and you know, we, we, this is a big part of our philosophy, if we, if we state this as an all or nothing proposition, people are going to choose nothing because it's too overwhelming. Interesting. And not, Interesting. Not, not, everyone, not everyone can be Jack Johnson and Dave Matthews Band um, as far as their complete an utter dedication to all of this on tour. Um, and that's okay. I think it's important to have folks that are just new to it and trying it and coming from a new perspective and talking to new audiences. You know, you were asking about the jam band scene earlier. Like, we actually purposely avoided working with some of the more jammy bands initially because we we're like, the, the, we don't wanna, you know, we don't wanna speak, we don't wanna preach to the choir. Those folks already have the mentality. Um, so we purposely were working with more mainstream artists and then realized actually, like, the the fishes and the and the companies uh of the world actually when talking to those fans it, it's great too because it's, that's an important part of the, of the uh, spectrum and found that there is still a chasm between thoughts and beliefs and actions still so how do we help cross that barrier um and have further conversation so to me it, it that whole continuum and spectrum of sustainability and green and efforts and acts and taking action and participating and being a solution like it, we meet people where they're at and hope that we can you know once they hop on the train they they continue to to ride it and deepen their perspectives and their beliefs and their actions
0: and with this question i think this this show is kind of adam's skill set and go to and mine I, I usually go to the micro and the nitty-gritty and the interpersonal one-on-one and adam goes to the like kind of more overarching, thematic, kind of bigger thinking pieces of, of an issue, which is kind of interesting in and of itself. But um, yeah, thinking about this, I, I immediately think about dissecting this. I've done this, had this conversation with a dear friend, and we, and we talk about this and the need to be needed, the need to be asked. So I think, you know, if you're talking about use or, um, you know, kind of the, the direction of energy flow in a relationship, it can't be one way constantly. But I do think that when somebody calls you and says, I need you, I, I need to use your you know your your thoughtfulness your, I need your nurturing. I need to I need to use some of your skills or energy to help me then that's a, that's actually I think a wonderful feeling in many ways. but again, if it happens too many times too frequently it can be depleting. Um, but I do think there's sort of this um, like symbiotic relationship between use and need and um, somebody kind of you know use need, want and and this energy flow of people want to be nurturing, people want to give. And I think that always does have to be tapped, but obviously not too much. So I think it's a balance. It, it, it's a dance like any relationship, but I don't think it is um, finite. No, I don't at all. I think it's kind of regenerative, like like many sorts of things that's fed by um, good energy and love and connection and conversation. And, and I think we, we all do that dance in all of our relationships. And it's, it's a really important one.
1: There's an expression, the people who mind don't matter, and the people who matter don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's exactly what you eloquently have both been saying, and, and Lauren, you left us with, but uh, I will say one last thing, Adam, you said, uh, we can't all be uh, Dave Matthews or Jack Johnson. We can't all be Lauren Sullivan or Adam Gardner. I I'm, you the work you're doing uh, is... Beautiful in its anonymity, but crucial in its uh, incompleteness. Uh, that's not a word, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the work is starting. And I think after 15 years, you're still in Act One. You're in a one-act play of Act One. And if I can be of any help, you can say, I need to use dot, 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 and I would be there. Because I, I believe not only in what you're saying and what you're doing, but I you, you seem like the shit. So <laughs> if I can be of anything, in any weird corridor I have a lemonade stand. Uh, I'll bring it. Just let me know. and I'll be honored to avail myself, whatever you all need.
0: So appreciate that. Thanks so, so, so much. So, so much.
1: And congrats on all your anniversaries this year and the kids and just be careful when they run on stage. You never know. Uh, you know, the insurance laws are really wiggly and that kind of thing, but thank you all so much. And I'd love to catch up with you either at one of the shows or just for a cup of coffee in Maine someday. That'd be a lot of fun.
0: Definitely. We would love that.
1: Like Cheers guys. Be well. Okay.
0: You too. Take care.
1: Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey,
0: hey.
2: To abuse me uh, You get me in a crowd of high-class people uh, And then you act real real
1: adam gardner and lauren sullivan for being here with us today on murmur go to their website reverb.org that's r-e-v-e-r-b.org hear more read more see more get involved more you can see adam on the road with guster and i'm guessing just a hunch where guster goes reverb goes literally figuratively so check it out get involved Get involved with (laughs) murmurradio.com Download the show iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher TuneIn Radio Follow us on social media at MSFMurmur Lots to do, lots to get involved in Choose wisely, see ya